Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may tune in. This is Minister Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries, and this is another episode of a message that we'd like to bring to you from Covenant Truth Ministries. I thank you for tuning in, and I pray that these messages are a blessing to you today. I want to be today beginning a couple of messages. It may just be two or three short messages, but I want to be in Philippians chapter 3 because I believe there are a few things the Lord really wants us to understand from this chapter and from Paul's writings here to the church at Philippi. And so I'd like to begin this part one session by looking at Philippians chapter 3, beginning in verse 1 for the first several verses. Verse 1 says this, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the mutilation. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I am more so. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. I'd like to stop there for today, and I'd like to discuss the first portion of these verses in some detail, and I hope and pray that this is going to bless your heart as it did mine, and as it does when we really understand what Paul is saying here. So at first, Paul is writing to this church in Philippi. He's written two chapters already. Now he's continuing and he's starting to wrap up the ending portion of his book to the church at Philippi. And here he brings out some final things that he really wants to bring out from his heart. So first of all, he tells us here that our rejoicing should be in the Lord, not in our circumstances, not in our position, and not in our achievements. Then he tells, he says, he gives us a warning about false and deceptive things or people that we need to beware of. When he talks about beware of the dogs, the mutilation, etc. And then he defines who are of the circumcision of the new covenant. 
In the Old Covenant, there was a token sign that made someone or brought someone into inheriting the Abrahamic covenant. Through this token sign of circumcision in the Old Testament, they were heirs to the promises that God had given to Abraham. In the New Covenant, there is circumcision as well, but it is not external. It is not done of the flesh. It is the circumcision of the Spirit. Those who worship God in the Spirit rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in any works that are done in the flesh or any of those achievements, so to speak, that we might want to boast in. So Paul here defines for us the true circumcision in the new covenant, the renewal of that Abrahamic covenant to all the seed of Abraham, which is defined in Galatians chapter 3 as all who have faith in Jesus Christ, who have become born again of the Spirit of the living God and are part of the church. Then he continues with the understanding of those in the circumcision of the new covenant, those who have no confidence in the flesh. And he does so by comparing to himself, thinking about the confidence in the flesh. He begins to list things in the flesh that he could try to boast in. And so in verse 5 and 6, we have his listing of such things, which we just read. Circumcised the eighth day, and he calls himself blameless according to the law of the Old Testament, zealous for righteousness and, and so forth. So he gives us this listing. But then he gets to the real point beginning in verse 7. And he says in verse 7 and 8, None of these things, not even one at all, matters. Not one of them. In olden days, you might have heard some say they aren't worth a hill of beans. In other words, they're worthless. They mean nothing. In light of what really matters, in light of what is really important, in light of the more excellent things, in light of eternity, these mean nothing. None of these things will bring the righteousness that counts when this life is over. I saw a video that someone had posted as part of their message, and it really touched my heart. I don't remember who did it or how to find it. But in essence, basically, you had these people coming up to heaven. It was, it was just trying to bring out this point that, you know, if you had this line of people kind of coming up to heaven and they had to stand on the scale, to determine if their works were good enough, if they weighed enough to get them in. And none of them were able to, to make it. Not one person, no matter how much good they had done, could do that. And finally, someone comes up and Jesus intervenes. And Jesus gets on the scale instead of them. And his work is the only work of righteousness that matters. In light of what is eternal, the things that we could boast in, any achievements or accolades we have, any awards we have mean nothing. Not one of them can bring the righteousness that counts when this life is over. And also, 
None of these, not one of these will draw us closer to God. But rather, because we're looking at confidence in the flesh, which is a, a pride, which is a form of pride, a definition of pride, and when that is involved, the Bible tells us God hates pride and God resists the proud. So when we try to put our confidence in the flesh, not only is it not good enough, but it also ends up driving us farther away from him because he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So we cannot have confidence in the flesh. So after Paul lists these as his examples, and then he tells us that not one of them matters in light of the righteousness that will bring us closer to God and the righteousness that will count when this life is over. He says every one of these things, all of these things that he could boast in, he counts them or reckons, esteems them, considers them to be complete loss. Loss, detriment, damage. In other words, these things mean nothing, but they also actually, if he allows them in his life, will damage or bring detriment to him. So in other words, by trusting in these things, he actually is hurting, damaging, or losing closeness with Jesus, his relationship with Jesus. They become an obstacle or a dam that is in the way, so to speak. If you have a a lake full of blessings or whatever, a lake full of water, and there's a dam there, that dam is in the way. It's not going to allow that water. Now, in most cases, that's, that's in the natural a very good thing because you wouldn't want the dam to break and it just flood everything and destroy homes and so forth. But the point is, it's an obstacle. It prevents something. It prevents closeness with Jesus. It prevents growing in the relationship with Jesus. So Paul says these are lost. They are rubbish. They're nothing but worthless trash to be thrown off from me and thrown away and have nothing more to do with. And he tells us why. He tells us why. Why does he consider these to be worthless trash? Because there's something far, far better. Paul sees, values, considers, and deems knowing Jesus in real relationship as the most important, far better and superior thing. He talks about the excellence of knowing Jesus, that that is the more excellent thing, that is the superior thing in life. It is the most important in all of our life. It stands out. It's over the top. It's highest above everything else. It's superior, better than, surpassing, preeminent, higher, the one that is constantly excelling. In other words, there is nothing, no thing at all in life. No relationship, no achievement, no accolade, no award, There is nothing, no other relationship can compare. It is the most important, superior thing. 
So what is this thing that Paul says is most important? The excellence of the knowledge of Jesus. Knowing Jesus. That word is the Greek word gnosis. G-N-O-S-I-S. And it means knowing through experience. Personally and intimately. It does speak of general knowledge and understanding, but it's that that will, as we understand more, as we grow in knowledge, it brings us into the deeper things of personal relationship with Jesus. It's knowledge that we gain out of one's own experience. For instance, I want to give you just a few things in the natural that we can understand this through. First, if you are a woman and you have had a baby, you know through your own personal experience about having a baby. And your experience may be different from others, but nobody can tell you you didn't have a baby. If you're a teenager learning to drive a car or an adult driving a car, you know how to drive a car because you have your own personal experience. You have learned the knowledge necessary to give you the privilege of driving a car. And as long as you continue to follow what you learn, you are being able to have that freedom and enjoy that. Graduating from college, if you've ever gone to college, you study and you study and you study and you do the best you can to pass all the tests, to learn the things you need to know, so that you can then walk across the stage, receive your diploma, and graduate from college or from high school. That's a personal experience you'll never forget because it's your own personal experience. Coming through a surgery is another example. If you've been through a surgery, you know through your own example, through your own experience, what that was like. If you maybe have invented a machine or made some other achievement, you've done that through your own experience. This is the kind of knowledge that we need to have with Jesus. It's that type of knowing that comes from experiencing something yourself. There is general knowledge with the Lord. We gain that first through the just the regular reading of His Word and time in prayer with Him. But as we grow in knowing Him, it gets more specific, more personalized, and more intimate. Experience Him in relationship on a personal and increasing level. And that's what Paul says is the more excellent thing. He counts He reckons and considers everything else as rubbish, what is worthless and detestable, something that's thrown to the dog's refuse, dung. It is to be buried and abhorred because Paul has his eye on the higher goal, he says. The first higher goal he gives here, as we've discussed, is knowing Jesus, the far superior thing. And as part of that, he lists some higher goals. We want to get into just the first one in this particular message. And that is to win Jesus, or some versions say gain Jesus. 
It means to win or to gain, to acquire possession of for oneself. To win closeness, nearness, in relationship with Jesus. To fellowship with him. Paul says, I'm willing to lose everything else because they really don't matter at all and they're standing in the way of me growing and going after the highest goal of all. He says, I lose it all to gain the highest goal of all. In Genesis, when God came to Abraham one of those times, he told Abraham, I believe it's in Genesis 15.1. I believe that's when it is. And he tells Abraham, he says, I am your exceeding great reward. Jesus is the reward. Jesus is the highest goal. Jesus is the one to treasure the most, the far more superior thing. And I want to leave you with one final passage found in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. And Peter, as he's closing his final book, and he knows that this will be his final book. He knows that he is about to pass from the earth. And so he is packing in to First and Second Peter everything he can so that the church can continue on and be strong. He tells us that in both First and Second Peter, that he's writing these things to stir up our remembrance. And it's on his heart to leave behind something that will outlive him on behalf of the people of God. And he closes his final book with these words. Verse 17 of Second Peter chapter 3 says this, You therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, he's referring to the end of the age, the end of the world, and how God has said everything is going to come to pass. He says this, Beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness being led away with the error of the wicked, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. On his heart, his very final words, before he gives God all of the glory and the praise, and he closes his book, he says to the Christians, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Beloved friend, that is the desire of Covenant Truth Ministries, is that you will grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That knowledge that Paul spoke of in Philippians chapter 3, to know him intimately, and personally in relationship because that is the most superior thing in all of your life. It's the greatest, it's the most excellent, and it is the most important. Don't let anything block your relationship with the Lord. Don't let anything damage it. Don't let anything come in the way, but grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Get close to him. 
have a real relationship with him through faith in his finished work. Come into that relationship if you don't know him already. He is loving you. He is calling you. He is inviting you to become his child and to know him in the way that Paul was talking about. And Paul already knew the Lord, but he wanted to know him more. He wanted to know him deeper. He wanted to understand. And he didn't want anything getting in the way of a close fellowship with Jesus. I pray that's your heart's desire. And it's certainly our desire for ourselves and for you. Grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And understand that is the highest goal of all, to know Jesus. He is the superior thing in your life. The most excellent, the one thing to give yourself for and count everything else as loss so that you can gain him. I pray that this has been a blessing to you today. And Lord willing, you can join us again for future episodes that we bring to you of messages from Covenant Truth Ministries. God bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen.